Hello, beautiful humans, and thank you for listening and supporting the Thrive Forever Fit Show. It truly means the world to me that you guys take the time out of your precious days to listen to me ramble and rant about things that I find entertaining, engaging, and, and meaningful in my life. I am unbelievably in abundance of gratitude for you, and I'm so thankful that you are listening to the show and supporting me. Today's show is sponsored by Thrive Elite BCAAs Plus. If you're watching on YouTube, you can take a little quick glance here. This is what this bad boy looks like. Guys, this is the product that I created where hydration meets recovery. And so what branched amino acids are is they're a component of your rec muscle repair and recovery. They eliminate free radicals. They basically help your body heal after a workout, a hike, a walk, or whatever it might be. And what I did is I took electrolytes, which are responsible for hydration, and I incorporated them into the branched-chain amino acids. That's why it has that little plus sign. It is a beautifully unique product. There's not another product in the market like this. And I did that because I understand the importance of staying hydrated for recovery, for weight loss, for sanity, for your everything, like overall wellness. If you get dehydrated, you are not going to be highly functioning. You're not going to burn fat. You're not going to lose weight. You're not going to recover. You're going to feel like crap. You're going to be sore. And this is the reason I created this product. And I took it a step further and I added a full serving of glutamine. Glutamine is the most abundant amino acid in your skeletal muscle tissue. It's responsible for immunity and recovery and repair. This is the trifecta of awesomeness. And so if you live in the desert where I live, it's over, it's over 100 degrees already. I am jacking two of these a day, every single day to make sure that I do not get dehydrated. And I would highly recommend you do the same thing. It's simple to drink. It's delicious. You are absolutely going to love it. I promise you, I'll drop the link in the show notes, or you can just go to thriveforeverfit.com, go to store, grab yourself a bottle. If you don't love it, call me and I'll give your money back, guaranteed. It is that damn delicious. All right, let's get on with the show. I wish I knew. This podcast is all about the things that I wish I knew back when I started. And guys, I have been in this world in some capacity for almost 40 years. Now, I know you guys are thinking you can't be that old, bro. But here's what I mean by that is I started lifting weights. And I don't mean just like casually lifting weights. I mean like lifting weights to try to get stronger, to try to get better, to try to get bigger when I was 11 years old. When I was in the sixth grade, I found the weight room in I believe it was transformational in my life. And I think it's still transformational in my life today. I think without it, I am not 100% sure who I would be or where I would be. There were many moments in my existence where that was the only place or space that I felt safe. It was the only friend I had oftentimes. It was the only person, if you will, that would listened to me and that understood and that never, I, that I felt like never judged me, right? That was always honest with me. Like weights are always the same, right? They, they don't, they don't judge and they don't bullshit you. They are what they are. A hundred pounds is always a hundred pounds. And so it was for a lot of my life, it was the only place that I ever felt safe. And now I own a gym, right? And so you can see how it has been an epiphanal thing for me, but, but this, this shows all about the stuff that I wish I knew. 
And so even when I go back to, to that age of 11 years old, I mean, of course, I didn't know anything about nutrition or even fitness for that matter. I mean, I don't even know when this was. This was in the, probably in the 80s. Um, I'm probably 48. That was 11. Do the math, right? That was back in the 80s when I was 11 years old. And there wasn't the information that there is today. There wasn't the, the, the coaches and the gurus and the books and the podcast and the, the YouTube channels and all of the things that you have access to today. And so I was really just kind of figuring it out on my own by watching older kids that were in the high school gym. Um, I've told you guys this story before, but you know, when I was little, we, you know, we had to go to Abilene, Texas, which is about a 45 minute drive from where I grew up in, in this little tiny town. And I would always go to GNC and I would, I remember reading the magazines like muscle and fitness and always being enamored with the bodybuilders and the, and the muscles and the symmetry and just the human body in and of itself. And I remember reading those magazines from an early age. I would always ask my mom, can I get this? Can I buy this magazine? What 11 year old, what 12 year old, what 14 year old wants a muscle and fitness magazine rather than a toy or a skateboard or a whatever it was, but that's what I wanted. And I remember getting those magazines and reading them over and over and over and over again. And then there was even a TV show that came on in the 80s on Saturday. And I think it was called Get Fit. And there were three people. There was this big muscly guy named Rick. I don't know how I remember this. Big muscly guy named Rick. There was another guy named Kendall. Kendall was either the guy or the girl. I cannot remember. Um, and then, there, then the other guy. Rick was this giant bodybuilder muscle guy. The girl was a fitness kind of, um, I'd say, body um, from that you know, body aesthetic. You tell she worked out um, yoga, you know, step aerobics, all that kind of stuff back in the 80s. And then the other guy was, was a little thinner and more of like a, kind of a runner's physique. When I was 11, 12, 13 years old, I would get up early on Saturday morning just to watch the show. I absolutely loved it. And it was always a segment where Rick, the big guy, would do like a weightlifting session and he would show you reps and angles and machines and dumbbells and all this. And then the other guy would do kind of more of like a cardiovascular set. And so it was always this combination of, of multiple components of working out. And so I was fascinated by it. I absolutely loved it. And again, most of my friends were probably watching cartoons or, or something of that nature. I got up early to watch Get Fit with Rick. And I still remember that to this day. I can close my eyes and actually visualize what he even looks like. I'm going to actually Google him after we finish this podcast. So I can just, you know, I'm, he's probably not even alive anymore. If he is, he's got to be in his, he was probably in his 30s or 40s at that time. He's, yeah, there's probably not. Probably he's got to be in his late 80s if he's alive. And so I'm going to check that out anyway. That's just me digressing a little bit. But that's the, that's the human that I was even from a very early age. But I didn't know anything. I probably still don't know anything like because and here's the reason I'm doing this show, because we're, right now we are in a world of over information, right, with workouts and with fitness and nutrition and wellness and everything like it is like it's like trying to drink from a fire hose. And the reason I titled this podcast, I wish I knew is because hindsight's undefeated, right? If we if we know if we knew what we wish we had known, we would we would be better off. We would make better decisions. And I've tried anything and everything. I mean, I remember, like I said, starting at 11 years old, it was just the high school weight room. It was, it was bench presses, it was squats, it was deadlifts, it was, you know, leg press. It was, you know, as heavy a weight as you could possibly, you know, move at that time. And I, I remember getting really, and I was a chubby kid. When I was in the sixth grade, the, one of the reasons I started 
lifting weights because I knew I wanted to play football. I knew I wanted to get stronger, but I was chubby. Like my entire sixth grade year, I wore a maroon hoodie. I've told this story before, and I wore it year round. I wore it during the damn summer in Texas and sweated my butt off because I was so ashamed of my body. And so I started working out when I was in the 11th grade in, in hopes of maybe trying to curtail some of that heaviness and, and, and that uncomfortability that I felt about my body. What I didn't know is how to eat, right? I didn't even figure that out until maybe 10 years ago. And I'll be 40 in October. So I figured that out like when I was in my 30s of really how to eat and, and what nutrition really was. And so for the first, gosh, 11 to 30, I was just winging it. And I was trying to out-exercise a bad diet. I was trying to out-exercise bad nutritional intake. And I remember like my, my diet growing up in Texas was, was TV dinners and fried chicken. And if you couldn't put batter on it or it didn't smother gravy on it, like it probably wasn't edible. And we even fried the vegetables back then. And so there was no way that I was going to get as healthy or as, and as fit and as, as, as big or as muscular as those guys in the magazines. And I remember saving my money. Like back to that GNC thought, like my buddy Junior Strobel and I, like as I got close in, more than into high school, like we really got into lifting weights. Didn't know what we were doing. I mean, we were just a couple of stooges in the gym trying to lift heavy and get big and do all those things. And we'd waste our money on weight gainers and boron and creatines and like all of this stuff that we didn't even know what we were doing. Like we just read about it in the magazines and Myoplex. Anybody remember Myoplex? How about Cybergenics? Anybody old enough to remember Cybergenics? It was supposed to be these meal replacement shakes. It was like the first like meal replacement shake that you were supposed to get ripped and big and jacked and all of that. I took all that shit and nothing happened. Nothing happened. But I just kept going to the gym and I'm still going to the gym today. But, I've, but my nutritional journey has just been a disastrous um, affair. And to no fault of my own, like back then, who knew, who knew, right? Who knew anything? Like protein shakes. And I remember I'd get these big giant dog food bags of weight gainer. And you're probably thinking, you just said you were fat. And I know, here's the problem. So I'm getting to high school and I keep lifting weights and it's, it's heavy stuff, right? It's like, it's, it's heavy bench press. Like when I was in the eighth grade, I bench pressed 225 pounds, right? And that's not a, how much do you bench, bro? That's just saying like for an eighth grader, that is an exorbitant amount of weight, but it was because I started lifting weights when I was in the sixth grade. I got up to where I was bench pressing 400 pounds, like squatting five, 600 pounds, leg pressing thousands of pounds. I'll tell you a story in a minute when I got into college playing football. But the reason that I started buying these dog food bags of weight gainers is I wanted to play college football. And I realized that I needed to be, I needed to be bigger, right? When I was a senior in high school, I graduated at like 199, 200 pounds. Get to college and my college coach says, we need you to put on 25 pounds. Right. And he was right, because I mean, you're dealing with monsters at that level who are just trying to kill you at every snap of the football. And so if you don't weigh that much, you're just going to get annihilated. And so I actually got up to my heaviest weight of about 125 pounds. And I am five foot nine, guys. Right now, I weigh about 165 pounds. Imagine me at 225. I had zero neck. My thighs look like boulders. I was built. I was incredibly just this, I was built like a brick. I was massive. I wasn't even overweight at that time, but I was so thick and so gross for my body size. Like I'm not meant to be that big. I was so uncomfortable, but I just had to do it for the course of what it is that I wanted to do. And that was to play football at the highest level.
So that was kind of my, my life from 11 to probably like 18, 19, 20 years old was lift as heavy as possible, eat as much as possible, and it didn't matter what it was. Back to that thousand pound thing, I just started thinking about all the stuff that I've done in the world of weightlifting and nutrition and all of that kind of things. And it was, we had this workout when I was in college and it was me, Jason Hoffman, Jason, shout out brother, you probably don't even listen to this. Junior, shout out to you, I know you don't listen to this. Um, but these dudes and we would, Jason was a big muscular guy, really strong dude. And we would go to the weight room during the off season. And we had this workout called the puker. And I know that sounds stupid and grotesque, but you got to remember we were a bunch of like 19, 20 year old jabronis who just meatheads for lack of a better term. And we would load the leg press up with every, it was much weight as it would hold over a thousand pounds, like every 45 pound dumbbell. We, I mean, plate we could find in the gym. We loaded up the leg press on. We would even have people sit on top of the leg press. And it was me, Jason, always. And then other people would always try to in, you know, come in. We did this once a week. And we would do leg presses with over a thousand pounds, as many reps as possible, as many sets as possible until the first person threw up and then we could leave. I know, absolutely stupid, grotesque, idiotic. And, but it was what it was. We were, I mean, what else were we gonna do? Cisco, Texas, there wasn't a whole lot going on go to the gym, just try to annihilate yourself. By the time we walked out of the gym on those days, I should say crawled out of the gym. We looked like baby giraffes. We could barely stand up, but I've done it all. And that's the reason I say that. Like I've done power lifting. I've done extreme bouts of cardio. So I got, as I, as I got out of football and, and moved into the world of just kind of like trying to create a physique that I was proud of, um, still my nutrition non-existent, like eating anything, everything, and, and just being a, a dipshit when it came to food. But I thought I could out-exercise and I thought I could out-cardio a bad diet. Impossible. I want you guys to hear that right now. You're never going to out-cardio poor nutrition. You're never going to outlift poor nutrition. I have tried. I tried for over 20 years to out-cardio and out-work out a bad diet. And it did not work. It never worked. I always wanted abs. I always wanted a six pack. I always wanted to be lean. I always wanted that, but I wanted to be big and jacked up at the same time. It was like, what are you trying to do? Like, you can't do both, but I tried to do both, right? I tried to eat as much. I went through a phase where at night before I would go to bed, even if I like went out, this is back in like my college partying days, I'd go out to the bar, drink, come home, buzzed, and I would make six to 10 eggs with about a half a pound of like sausage or bacon. And I would eat that before I went to bed, thinking that it was gonna give me extra protein and I was gonna wake up jacked. You know, all it did was make me fatter, make me more miserable, make me have to work harder in the gym that did, just to burn off that extra nonsense that I probably never even burned off. But I have done some dipshit stuff based on what I read in magazines or this guru or this bodybuilder. And you have to, you have to understand that like, where we are today is not where we were back when I was in my twenties, not even close. Like you could get up, you got muscle and fitness and you just tried to do the things that they said and not even realizing at that time that every one of those guys was juiced up to the max, right? Juiced to the gills with all kinds of anabolics and you name it. And I'm, I'm sitting here reading these magazines thinking, well, I can look like that if I just work harder. Right. As a 40 year old, now I know, or 38 year old, now, did I say I'm going to be 40 in October? 
the hell am I doing? I'll be 38 in October. You see, I probably fried some brain cells with all that dipshit stuff that I did back in the day, the thousand pound leg press. Anyway, here we go. But I didn't realize those guys were all juiced up. I didn't realize that, that, that they were photoshopped. I thought you could really look like that if you just did the workout that they said that you were supposed to do. Wrong. Idiot, right? And now I know that based on like when you go online and you look at these, these the Instagram influencers and the bodybuilders and the guys like these guys are juiced up, right? And, and I'm not bashing that. Like if, if that's your route, right? If that's what you want to do, I'm all for it. I got zero problems with whatever you do with your body because it's not harming anybody else. So I could care less if anybody is using roids or whatever. I don't give a, I don't care. I am all for it. But you can't say I did this naturally, right? Like if you're one of those people and you're saying like, oh, well, I got that. You, if you want to get this physique and you want to look like me, just follow what I do and not tell people the truth, right? And they weren't even saying that back in the day when I was reading Muscle and Fitness. It was just, I just assumed, right? Because I was an idiot that they were all natural. Well, the human body now that I know doesn't look like that in an all natural fashion. Like I said, I'm 160 pounds, 165 pounds right now. Um, I finally have abs for the first time in my life over the course of the last 10 years. Um, but it's only because I learned how to eat, right? It wasn't even the workout. I learned how to eat. And that's, that's what gave me a better physique. That's what gave me vascularity. That's what made me not ashamed to take my shirt off and go to the swimming pool was learning how to eat and understanding that I was never going to out exercise. I was never going to out cardio. Guys, I used to do marathon cardio. My knees and my feet are so mad at me for all of the punishment that I put them through with those marathon cardio sessions that we're, we, they still get pissed at me from time to time. They say, you remember when I'm like, I'm, I apologize. I am sorry. I've done it all. I've, I've done two hour gym sessions. I've tried it. I've done it. I've worn those suits that make you sweat out even more. I've done, I mean, I have done it. I've power lifted. I've, I've kettlebelled. I've high intensity interval trained. I've low weight, high rep, higher weight, low rep. I've done combinations of those. I've done sprint on the treadmill as fast as you can for one minute and then go do a set of bench press and then come back and do it again for three hours. I've done it all. And I'm here to tell you that all of it works to some degree, to some fashion. Because people always say, what's the best workout? It's the one you'll do first and foremost, but I don't think there's such a thing. Like, I don't think there's such a thing. Like, I've done heavy ass lifting. I wish I had enough. Right. I wish I had never got underneath a 400 pound bench press because my shoulders today are creaky and achy. I wish I'd never got under 600 pounds on my back on a squat because my knees are just pissed off. My low back says not today, bro. Um, I wish I had never done that stuff. But as a young kid, you don't know any better. And I think it probably provided me some benefit because, it, you know, I'm at, at that young age, you've got natural testosterone coursing through your veins. And so it probably helped me with a little bit of the musculature that I have today. But would I do it again? No, absolutely not. I wouldn't do it again. But then again, I've tried, I've tried only cardio, no weights. I've tried only weights, no cardio. I've tried combinations of anything and everything. If, you, if you've read about it I, in the last 40 years, I've probably tried it. And I came here to tell you this, that it all worked to some degree. And now what I've learned at, at 38 is what I'll be again. I, I, I got to keep reminding myself how old I am because I usually have no idea. 
at 38 in October, now I, my, my goal is this, to lift again tomorrow, to move again tomorrow. And so I've got a Peloton that I ride. I do a lot of walking outside. Like you know, this morning, Lori and I went on a, I was on what did we got three, like a three mile walk. Um, we, you know, I do that all day long. Like here, late, here lately, here lately, I've been doing um, an AM walk and a PM walk. So I've been walking like anywhere from six to 10 miles every day. And it's good for my brain. It's good for my body. Um, it's just, it's just, it's my new version of cardio. And I used to think walking was a joke. Like if you, somebody said, oh, what do you do for cardio? Like, oh, I walk. I'd be like, well, you're supposed to walk, right? Like walking's what you do. Like I've even said that publicly, like the walking's bullshit. That's not cardio. That's not exercise. Well, I'm here to tell you that I'm staying pretty lean. And that is my chosen, chosen, chosen form of cardio as this podcast launches. I still ride my Peloton. I still ride the assault bike and do high intensity interval training. I'll, if I'm on vacation and I can't go outside and do a walk, if I'm like somewhere where it's just not safe or whatnot, I'll do the treadmill. I'll do the elliptical. I'll do the Stairmaster. I'll do a little bit of everything, but I don't do those marathon sessions anymore. Like I'll never do an hour of cardio and just deplete my body and beat my feet up and my knees and my back and all of those things because it's unnecessary. And you know why it's unnecessary? Because I learn how to eat. I learned that it was my nutrition that was the thing that was holding me back. And guys, I've had bouts where I've eaten really, 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 really well. I remember a three-year span. This was probably about 15 years ago. Every, I ate the same thing every single day for probably three years in a row. No deviations. Every single day, Monday through Friday. Here comes the punchline. And some of you guys are doing this now. All I ate, I got up in the morning, I had a protein shake. At lunch, I would have some, I would have like a, another protein shake or something like that, like a protein bar, something really high protein. And for dinner, all I would eat was a bowl full of, like, you know, you get those bags of spinach. I would eat half a bag of spinach, two full chicken breasts, and about 20 jalapenos every single night for dinner for probably three years. Worked out every single day, still didn't have the body that I wanted, still didn't have the six pack. You know why? Because once Friday night came and once Saturday came, I would overconsume everything. I would eat Whataburger, I would drink 12 cold beers, I would eat nachos, I would eat, if you, if it was, if I could catch it, I'd eat it. And that was the problem. I was still trying to out, I was still trying to manipulate my lifestyle. And it wasn't until I learned that that Friday and Saturday night, that Friday after at five to Sunday at five was, was holding me back. That 48 hour span was the thing that was in between me and the physique that I wanted. And so 10 years ago, I made that modification. Right. I understood now that, and listen, I still love a good cocktail. I still love a glass of wine. I love a good glass of champagne, but I understand that that fits into the overall picture. And if I'm going to have those things, then I have to make modifications in other areas of my nutritional world, my nutritional lifestyle. And so I've built a lifestyle now, and that's what it is. It's not a diet. Like I hear that all the time and, and, and I followed it for so long. Guys, I've, oh my, here we go. 
I've, I've done Atkins, I've done paleo, I've done Mediterranean, I've done, I've done shit, I don't even know what I'm doing. I've done a bodybuilder um, nutritional programs, I've read magazines, I've done starvation, I've done deprivation, I've, d- I've eaten those, those a carton of eggs every night before bed, I've drank shit that would make you want to throw up from the nutrition store. You guys don't know how good you have it. You have no idea how good you have it. If you are in my world and you're, 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 you have any access to my supplements, and I don't use anybody else's, so I'm just going to talk about mine, they taste phenomenal, unbelievably delicious. And now like you can get anything at the nutrition store that's full of chemicals and artificials. Mine's all natural, so it tastes great, but and it won't kill you. The stuff at the nutrition store full of chemicals and you can get fruity pebble this and cocoa berry that and, and all those things. Those are just chemicals. And of course they taste delicious. But back in the day, like that cybergenic shit I talked to you about, the metrics that they used to make, the things that I used to drink to try to get big and fit like those dudes in the magazines because they weren't telling me the truth were so gross that it took more willpower to choke down one of those shakes than it did to go for a 20 mile run. They were that bad. You guys have no idea how, how beautiful you have it now when it comes to nutritional supplementation and the evolutions that that, that industry has, has brought upon us with flavors and, and things that just don't wanna make you puke. I would literally have to drink those by the sink. Like you didn't get, you didn't, you didn't take a shake in your car back then and, and think you were gonna sippy sippy on the way to work or on the way to the gym. You might throw up. Like that was the, that was the disclaimer on the box. Like, Hey, this shit's supposed to be good for you. You probably gonna throw up when you drink it. Cause it's gross. You drank all of your stuff right by the sink because there was nine chances out of 10. You were gonna have to spit some of it out. You might vomit and it was going to be a disgusting show. And I did it anyway. Like that's how psychopathic I was to try to be fit, to try to hack the system. You know, if I had all the money back that I have wasted over the last 40 years on supplements and nonsense and bullshit that just never was going to work because nobody was telling me the truth. It's the same thing now. Like we're dealing with that same exact thing in the world of wellness, the $5 trillion industry that is keeping us all overwhelmed, overweight, and out of shape. Like there's so much, so much bullshit out there right now. So many people telling you they've got the secret to, hey, if you, hey, my favorite is the Instagram, hey, I'm looking for five to 10 um, executives that would like to get healthy and fit by following my secret formula and my secret, shut the, there is no secret formula. There is no, there is no thing that nobody knows about. There is no, like every workout has already been done. Every combination of shit is, I was creating shit back in the day that I don't even know what I was creating, right? If I would, if, there, if this would have been around and I could have videoed myself or packaged this thing up, I could be a bolt multi-billionaire from all of the different shit that I've tried. It's all been done. High intensity combined with low intensity combined with with um, backwards swimming and walk backwards for 30 minutes a day and then do a 14 minute handstand, like, and you'll get healthy and fit. Like everything has been packaged. Everything's been bottled. Everything's, there's no supplement. There's no workout. There's no guru. There's no anything. God, I wish I knew this back then. I might be a billionaire. And it's still true today. Some of you guys are still chasing the rabbit. 
Guys, and, and the truth is, the only thing you're doing is making those people that you're chasing wealthy. You're making the guy with the secret formula wealthy. You're making the guy who wrote the next book on, hey, follow this diet. I am Dr. Zhivago. And if you follow this diet, you could lose 30 pounds in three days, right? You, you won't, you can't. It ain't going to happen. You'll buy the book, right? But the only thing you're doing, guys, is wasting your money. And some of you guys are saying, well, what are you talking about, bro? Like you've got a transformation program called the Thrive Forever Fit Program. And I say, you bet your sweet ass I do. And the reason I do is this, because I want to tell people the truth. And you're going to go out and look for something. You're going to chase the, the magic bullet. You're going to chase the rabbit. So at least if I know, if I get you into my program, I'm going to tell you the truth. And what we're going to work on is your mindset. That's what I had realized 10 years ago. I'm like, you're just being a dipshit, Jay. It's your brain that's the problem. It's your mindset that's the problem. Even, even in correlation with my nutrition, even in correlation with my fitness, because my brain told me, hey, bro, eat whatever you want and then just go to the gym for 17 hours. You'll be fine. I wasn't fine. I was unhealthy as all get out. I used to stack the most hardcore fat burners that you can imagine. Like this is back in the day. I've been doing this for so long. This is back in the day when I am, I'm lucky I'm alive. I would stack the most hardcore. There was a product called Venom, I think it was. This stuff would blow your face off. You could take a, a Venom and go to the gym and run through a brick wall, unfazed. I would take that. I would stack it with some kind of energy drink. And then probably take something else on top of that, just because I thought I wanted that little extra. Guess how much weight it helped me lose? Zero. All it did is make me unhealthy. All it did is make my heart unfit. All it did is cause me problems. But I was the same way. I was chasing, I was chasing the magic bullet because I didn't have my mindset in the right place. I wasn't doing the right things. I was chasing things that didn't exist. And that's what many of you are doing right now. You're chasing things that aren't out there. Like you're, I, I'm gonna break this to you. It's gonna hurt. You're not going to look like that 20-something-year-old guy or girl that you follow on Instagram. You're not. You're 43 years old. You're not going to look like that person. You're just, I promise you're not. Like, I'll, I'll be 38 in October, and I'm the fittest I've ever been in my life. I weigh 165 pounds. Very unimpressive. I'm never going to look like those jacked up 20 year olds. And I've been doing this for 40 years. You're not going to get the, the banana booty or whatever they call it, the, the booty workouts or the glued things. And the, it's got, you know what you can get? You can become the best version of you. But it's going to start with your brain. And that's what I had to realize. I'm like, what are you doing? You're never going to be 250 pounds of jacked muscle, Jay, because you're not willing to shove needles into your ass on a daily basis. You're not willing to take things that are going to kill your liver. You're not willing to do those things, so you're never going to look like that. And I'm not accusing everybody on the internet today of being on something. But if you think about it, you're 45. The guy or girl you follow is 25, has great genetics works their ass off, works really hard, has a beautiful tan, has the perfect lighting, has all the things. And they've sold you that if you just follow what I do, you'll look like I look. 
That's why I have the Thrive Forever Fit program is because I'm not going to lie to you. You're not. You won't. You can't. And that hurts. But what we will do in the Thrive Forever Fit program is we'll change your mindset, right? Will we talk about fitness? You bet your ass. Will we help you with your nutrition? Of course we will. But what we have to get focused on first is the brain. Why you do what you do. Why you eat what you eat. The relationship you have with food. See, I've had a horrible relationship, dysfunctional relationship with food for a very long time. I didn't get a productive, positive, powerful relationship with food until about 10 years ago. 10 years ago. And so I understand what it takes to get that. I understand what it takes to break a bad habit. I understand what it takes to get out of that, that, that abusive relationship that you have with the food. Because it's not the food's not the problem. The food's not the issue. The food was never the problem for me. It was my mindset. It was my relationship with the food. It was that I was trying to manipulate the system. And when I realized that and I started to work on that and I got my mindset in the correct functioning format, I was able to overcome all of those lies that I'd convinced myself were true. I'm just not working hard enough. Guys, I used to bust my ass in the gym. I mean, I would have to drag myself out of the gym. When I talk about cardio that I used to do, I'm not talking about a mall stroll on the treadmill at a 2.5 while I'm looking at my phone. I'm talking about hoodie up, headphones in, hammer down. If you were within a 10 foot radius, you are probably going to get sweat spray on you. Stay away. That's, don't talk to me. Like I'm talking, I'm talking sprinting on the treadmill until I'm about to vomit, resting for 30 seconds and doing that again for an hour. I'm talking about climbing the Stairmaster when I'm done, it looks like there's a swimming pool below me. Then going and lifting weights for an hour. Highly abusive, highly unnecessary. So, so what my dysfunctional relationship with food gave me was a dysfunctional relationship with fitness. Some of you guys got both of those, don't you? Some of you guys have got those problems. I wish I knew, guys, and that's why I'm doing this podcast. I wish I knew. And I want you to know, but I've tried it all. I've done it all. I've taken all the supplements. I've done every single workout that you could possibly ever conceptualize. I've combined them. I've stacked them. I've taken every supplement on the market. This is why in my supplement line, the Thrive Forever Fit supplement line, I have five products, five staples. That's it. Why? Because all of those fat burners and all those pre-workouts and all of those pumps and all those take this and get ripped, take this and get healthy, take this and get that, it's not true. I worked in the nutrition, I worked in the supplement industry for the largest company on the planet at the time. I've consulted in that industry. I know every in and out. I've been in every manufacturing facility. I've been in every lab. I know, what, I know what the creation of a product looks like. 90% of the supplements that you're buying are just wasting your money. It's just the truth. And like I said, I wish I had that money back that I, wake, I have wasted a boatload of money on supplements. I have wasted a boatload of money on nonsense. A boatload. But... Because I've done that, 
I know better now, right? So it was an expensive education. And so what I'd like to help you with is not to have to make that same mistake, to stop chasing the things, right? To stop chasing the, the person who has, seems to tell you that they have the secret formula. I do not have the secret formula. You know why? Because there is no secret formula. What I have is 40 years of experience doing this on a personal level. Most people don't even have that kind of consistency. Most people, when I started this, I've never digressed. I've never taken a, a week, a month, a year off from doing what I do. For the last, since I was 11 years old, I have progressively every year been getting better, smarter, and wiser with my body, with my fitness, with my nutrition. You're going you're gonna to be hard pressed to find that on the internet today. You're going to be hard pressed to find that even with your, the gurus and the doctors that are writing the books and all of those things. You're going to be hard pressed to find that their lifestyle really fits their messaging. You're going to be hard pressed. Right. And I'm not bashing the 20 to 25 year old who's on the internet saying that they've got the single, the secret formula. I'm listen, keep going, youngsters. Keep pushing the envelope. Keep growing. Keep moving forward, but start telling the truth. It's the only thing that I would say to you. If I was, if I was mentoring a young person that is in this industry, a trainer, an online trainer, um, an influencer, whatever we're calling people these days, the number one thing that I would tell them to do is to be authentic, to not bullshit people, to not tell people something that's not true just so you can make a couple of dollars because you will make way more money. And even more important than that, you will make a massive impact, positive impact on people's lives. And if you're in this business, that's why you should be in this business is you can make money. You can make a ton of money in this industry. It's a, it's a $5 trillion industry, guys. You can make a piss load of money. But you can make a piss load of money doing a bunch of stuff. If you're in this industry, you better be in this industry to make an impact. You better be in this industry to, make, to have a purpose. And that's to help people, right? And we're not helping people. And I'm not blaming all those. I don't want to sound like I'm bitching. I'm not blaming those magazines I read back when I was 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 years old. I'm not blaming them. That was the information source that we had. And I got better by reading those magazines, even though they weren't telling me the truth. I got better. Like I got smarter. I got wiser. I figured out what worked, what didn't work. It was just an education. It was like, just like, it was just, just a long ass education. So I'm not bitter about that. But now we can be better. Right? We, have more, we have more opportunities to give more access to people for them to get knowledge that is going to make them better, that is going to help them. Right? And, you're, if I don't, and I don't care what you're selling. Like you've got to be authentic about it. You've got to be authentic about your program. You've got to stop telling people it's a secret weapon. You've got to stop telling people that, that, it's, it's, that they're going to get unrealistic, unattainable goals by following what it is that you do. I have over the course of my, my career, I wrote a book called The Overweight Mind. I want to say close to five to eight years ago. I don't even remember. I'm horrible with time. As you can tell, I don't even know how old I am. The book's been read by 
thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And I, so I have helped a ton of people lose a massive amount of weight, multiple, multiple people and hundreds of people that I know of personally that I've helped lose over a hundred pounds. And not one of those people was sold something that wasn't true. I never sold them on a supplement. I never sold them on a diet. I never sold them on a, a, a snake oil. I never sold them. What I sold them on was on one thing. I sold them on themselves. I got them to believe in themselves more than they ever had in their life. I got them to understand that they were worth doing the work that it was going to be necessary in order to lose that weight. I gave them a nutritional process, lifestyle, that was going to be manageable and followable, followable, that's a tough one. It may not even be a word, I don't even know, for the rest of their life. I didn't give them a hack. I didn't give them a, a, a deprivation or starvation or manipulation type process or program because I didn't want, I don't want them to fail long-term. I want them to be able to create a lifestyle of physique, a body that works for them for the rest of their existence. And that's what we should all be doing in this industry. We shouldn't, we shouldn't be focused on trying to starve somebody into 30 pounds of weight loss and then throw them to the wayside, have them go back to what they've always done and then have them gain 50 pounds back. We shouldn't be doing that. Like that's more that's more damaging and catastrophic than if we just left them alone in the first place. So if you're not going to tell the truth, leave people alone, right? And this has kind of shifted a little bit. This is what I wish I knew. This is what I want you to know because this is what I wish I had known. And, and I taught myself, I, I gave myself a lot of these beliefs that I've told you about throughout the course of this podcast. I, I created that belief system that I could eat beautifully Monday through Friday at five and then for 48 hours, I could just go off the rails and everything would be fine. It wasn't fine. It wasn't fine. Nobody made me believe that. I, I created that belief myself. I read in a magazine somewhere where the, the more protein you have, the, the more muscular, you're going to look like this bodybuilder. And so that's what I did. At night, before I went to bed, I would, I would house thousands of calories of, of eggs and bacon and sausage and you name it. Didn't help me. But there was nobody around back then to say, that's probably a horrible idea, right? And now we've moved into this. So that was the age of, of a, a lack of information. Now we've moved into the age of too much information. And what I mean by for too much information is the manipulation of information, right? The manipulation of, of humans, right? Because when somebody wants to lose weight, they're in a very vulnerable state. And I'm, tell, I'm speaking from my own perspective, I was vulnerable. And that's why I believe the things I read in the magazine. That's why I would try every workout, every diet, every pill, every potion, every lotion. I was vulnerable because I was still mentally that chubby 11-year-old with love handles and a pooch wearing husky jeans and being ashamed to even look at myself in the mirror. I was vulnerable because that was my belief system about who I was. And so that's why I bought everything. That's why I tried all those disgusting drinks. That's why I bought every magazine every month. I would save my money from working at the city pool to hauling hay, to digging ditches, to mowing lawns. And I would go waste it in a, in a nutrition store buying powders and, and pills and, and you name it because I was vulnerable.
I didn't want to look like that. I didn't want to look like that. And my vulnerability led me down all of those places. It led me to those marathon cardio sessions of abuse. It led me to spending hours upon hours upon hours in the gym. Led me to all of that. And it wasn't until I started working on my mindset that I was able to overcome my vulnerability about who I believed I was, create a new mindset around who I could be, that I didn't have to be that fat little kid anymore. And that's when everything changed. That's when I realized that the workouts were just the workouts. And I still love to work out to this day. I absolutely love it. I crave it. I do it on vacation. I do it every, I do it. I love it. It is, it is one of the, it's probably one of my top five things in the world that I love. I love being healthy. I love being fit. I love being in this world where I get to hopefully inspire somebody to be fitter, to be healthier, to be more of the version that they, they wish they were. And I can only do that by being authentic and living this lifestyle. Right. So I live the lifestyle that I teach and I preach. That's a major differentiation from, from a lot of people that you're going to find out there. And I've been this authentic person for since I was 11 years old. I don't mean that like in the sense of like I was doing what I'm doing now, but I've authentically been living the lifestyle of trying to progress and get better. And now that I'm close to 40 years old, over the last 10 years, I've, I've figured out what works for me. And I figured out what works for most people. And it's not predicated on a radical workout. It's not predicated on a radical nutritional intake. It's predicated on getting their mindset in the right place and getting them to believe in themselves and getting them to believe that they are worthy of creating the best version of themselves, regardless of what they've been told, regardless of what they've read, regardless of the struggles that they've been through regardless of the struggles they're currently going through, regardless of their vulnerabilities. And that's the difference is that I don't prey on people's vulnerabilities. I want to help heal that vulnerability so that they can make positive, powerful decisions that work for them in their lifestyle. These are the things that I wish I knew. These are the things that I want you to know. That if you're in the, if you're in the world of wanting to get healthier, more fit, avoid disease states, lose some pounds, whether that be three pounds or 30 pounds, it's going to start between your ears first and foremost. There are no bad foods. There are only bad relationships with food. There are only bad decisions. And so don't make food the monster, right? Really get in touch and in tune with why you want the things you want and the things that are getting in your way, your belief systems, the excuses that you're using that are getting in the way of you losing that weight that is gonna make you more comfortable. I had, a client, I had a conversation yesterday with a client and she, she described food as, well, the comfort food when I'm emotional, depressed, things, blah, 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 blah. And I, the next question out of my mouth was, are you comfortable in the body that you have right now? And her immediate response without even a second's hesitation was no. And so my next statement was simply this. I said, well, then is it really comfort food? She said, no, it's not. 
that food that, that you've labeled as comfort is actually causing more discomfort. So it's, it's the, the elimination of those beliefs. And like, I remember what I said earlier, like I created a bunch of beliefs in my brain that I stuck with, even though they weren't working. And some of you guys are doing that very same thing. You've, you've got belief systems that are not working for what you want. And you've got to be willing to address those belief systems. You've got to be willing to change those belief systems so that you can get the life, the wellness, the health that you desire. So guys, these are just a few of the things that I wish that I had known. I hope that my dysfunction in this world for almost 40 years will help you avoid some of the pain financially, personally, mentally that I've had to go through. So be awesome to yourself. Believe in yourself. Be kind to yourself. Love yourself. Those are the things you got to start with. You'll start doing those things. Then you'll start making better decisions. And when you start making better decisions, you'll get a better life. And when you get a better life, you're going to want even a better life. And you're going to just keep that momentum and that ripple effect going. I love you. I appreciate you. I'm unbelievably grateful. I don't even know why you listen to the show. I'll be honest with you. But I'm so happy you do. I'm so thankful you do. And I'm absolutely in abundance of gratitude for you. And if you're a crazy person and you like this show and you think somebody else might like it, share it with a friend. Like it, review it, do all the things that might get somebody who's maybe a little bit like us, a little wacky, a little different, a little crazy, but just wants to be healthy, wants to be fit, wants to be happy. Share it with those guys. See what they think. See you next week, guys. Love you. Have a great one. Bye.